This is HPR episode 1716 entitled HPR Community News for February 2015 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 88 minutes long. The summary is, Dave and Ken bore us, sorry, I mean entertain us, with the community news. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to HPR Community News for February 2015. Joining me this evening is... Hi, it's Dave Morris. Hi Dave, nice to chat with you again after Fostown. Yes, yes. Um, I should say excuse any noise in the background. I've got uh, the mother and father of all, probably the grandfather of all storms going on here and it uh, makes the rain clatter on the the roof of the extension i'm sitting in here so there you go love that at least you know what it is do you want to introduce the two new hosts oh first of all just for people who are new to hpr hpr is a community network where the shows are provided by you the listener i.e you the person listening with the earbuds in their ears and this month we have two new hosts and they are they are kevy who uh, we've heard of before, but this is the first time he's done a show himself. And Swift one hundred and ten, Swift one one zero. I'm not sure how he how he says his his handle, but uh, that's that's who he is. Excellent. Uh, he didn't uh, he didn't actually introduce himself on the show, so uh, no, he, no, he didn't. About this segment, which is a bit of a pity. Probably a good tip for everybody is: could you introduce yourselves on the show? <laughs> <laughs> that would be ex- actually excellent. Okay, and the purpose of this show is that once a month we just give you a rundown. If you're just listening to the podcast feed, we give you a rundown of what's going on on the HPR mail list, which you should join, especially if you're a host. And that is where the decisions about HPR are taken, such as they are. And also uh, comments that have been left on the various different episodes. And we also go through the episodes one by one for the last month just to have a quick chat about them. And the first episode of last month, oddly enough, was HPR 1696. And that was HPR Community News, a live event that we did as Boston. Yeah, that was that was fun to do. The uh, The audio was a bit of a challenge, though, I think, wasn't it? It was a stupendous challenge, in actual fact. And... Um, we, yeah, completely had no preparation done for recording a live show like that because uh, you know we've never I've <laughs> never recorded a live show like that. Um, thought that there might be some sort of PA in the room that we could plug into, but um, 
as it turned out, everybody had a good recorder, and because they had good recorders, they were only picking up the person who was talking, so it was a, it was a nightmare. But I found a way back on FOSS Weekly, there was a German um, show on about an audio site where you could upload your audio. And um, it would, uh, I think it was developed by a group of students who wanted to um, tidy up their notes from lectures. And it absolutely polished it up brilliantly. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it did, it did a pretty good job, actually, yeah. Um, anybody who was slightly off mic was, because of the, the nature of the, the recorders we were using, as you said, was was very very quiet and you could hear the thing suddenly grabbing that sound and boosting it up when it came to them it probably probably worked better if you'd actually been there and heard heard people but uh yeah it, it did do an amazing job astonishing i had a um before uh yeah i i had done a lot of it on the train as i was uh coming up from uh Foston because i only had uh it was on the sunday night and the show needed to be posted in a few hours so it was it was uh, a bit scary, I must say. But, uh, <laughs> yes. So I had something that would have worked, but uh, this this worked quite well. I'm trying to find the uh, the name of the service actually that I used, but I I can't. I'll see if I can put it in the show notes for this episode. Anyway, the following day we had the first of the FOSTEM episodes, and we uh, interviewed Bradley and Karen um, from Software Freedom Conservancy. And uh, basically, all the FOSTEM episodes, let's just kind of, I don't know, let's, I suppose, chat about them now and then uh, as, as one big thing, I suppose. Yeah, it was nice to hear uh, Bradley and Karen being uh, being interviewed. Um, I was quite happy I managed, I didn't meet Bradley, but I did meet Karen, who is, uh, who seems a really nice person. Pleased to meet her. It was a, it was nice, uh, it was a nice event, actually, there. I think they're planning on doing that again next year. So this was at the Conservancy event. So um, it was, it's actually a great idea because you go and, you know, there's a restaurant and you can get warm food after traveling and meet up with people. And we met up with, um, yeah, we met up with loads of people. And uh, yeah, pretty good, good hotel as well. Yeah, yeah, the hotel was great, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sad I didn't make that... Um uh th- that meeting uh my plane was quite seriously delayed due to snow in london apparently oh, wow. don't know quite what that had to do with me but there you go <laughs> i was blaming it on uh, ryanair almost belgium <laughs> <laughs> well that as well yeah the fact that i came i landed in an airport about an hour away didn't help a lot no yeah you're not the first to 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 do that um okay so we had uh, during the interviews so literally we had a Interview with GNOME, with Fedora, with OpenStack, yeah, CentOS. Yeah, those were some interesting discussions there. Actually, it was you. You seem to have um, caught some of the. Well, it's the nature of FOSDEM, I guess, isn't it? That some of the the key movers and shakers in these these projects are are there in front of you. So uh, it sounds like you you got quite a few of them there. Yeah, very much so. And the people on the booth are more than happy to. Um, no, no, you need to talk to him. You need to talk to him. <laughs> Here's project leads. It's your job. This is why, this is why you got elected. And uh, they're more than happy just to, sh- you know, to, to put the head developer or whoever is supposed to be leading the project in in and give you a chat. So, so except, of course, for Debian, who uh, just have regular people and uh, Puppet. You know, and Cloud Dispara. 
just Bora was an interesting talk as well. I got a lot out of this. I mean, I love these because uh, I don't need to do anything. It's just, hi, I'm from HBR, and they kind of know who, you, who we are now. Um, so they just uh, are more than ready to, to chat to us, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's um, a great way of uh, getting to, to know some of the, uh, the the project as well, I think, isn't it? It's, uh, I mean, there were things there that I, I hadn't really heard about before, so it was, you know, a good good way to raise awareness if you're, if you're not up to speed with some of these things. Yeah, exactly. And we had requested the booth, and in a way, I'm glad we didn't get it because it is a lot of work. You know, there's I've said it before, and I'm saying it again, if you don't, uh, if you don't know how busy your normal conference is, the 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 conference booths at uh, FOSTEM are just phenomenally busy. And it seems as well that they got even busier and busier as the thing was beginning to wind down. Yeah, it was it was mobbed all the time that that I I saw it. It uh, it is a a massive thing and uh yeah it's hard work being on those those desks i think on those tables absolutely and one of the uh, the interviews i enjoyed the most myself was the wikimedia one um largely because i hadn't interviewed them last year and also the guys from um the chaos computer club or you know hacked and it they had a nice uh they had a nice thing and it was nice to catch up with the all the other guys as well uh, collab and then uh, doo doo linux i um mike had some questions in about uh, them and i, I missed the uh, missed the opportunity to do that but by the by the time i got up there i was so tired and hungry i was beginning to uh begin to uh, lose it you know what i mean well yeah all props to you for uh, for the the number of interviews you managed to get there i i was knackered just wandering around going to a few few talks and stuff so uh, you were on the go all the time so yeah. great stuff actually on the sunday morning we we got into some talks and stuff on the new radio which was uh, fantastic i really enjoyed that so the following uh, let's just jump forward to episode 1700 today with a techie episode 2000 and uh, for those of you who don't know, Hacker Public Radio is a rebranding of Today with a Techie, um, which was a kind of uh, pun on uh, uh, the Twit network when that started off. Um, so as of episode 2000 came out on uh, nine years, three months and 27 days after the project started. So um, in order to do that, I put together a show of the everybody introducing themselves and... Uh, yeah, it was a lot of work. It was great, though. It was lovely. I, I just loved that. It, it, uh, I think, I think you got quite a few responses to that as well. It, it it's just, uh, it, it was, it was just. I think people were were sitting there listening. I know I was listening. When's it going to be with you? When's it going to be me? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I'm on the map. It was, it was lovely. It was a brilliant thing to do. I do appreciate how much work it must have taken, though. It was a bit of work, and uh, to be honest, I was listening for myself because I didn't know when I was coming up because I, I'd taken the audio extracts and put them in as like uh, should this because the ID numbers were were from both today with the techie and um, uh, from HPR and they restarted the the IDs, so I didn't wasn't one hundred percent sure if the IDs were going to match up. So um, so I was just listening to when I uh, my own name came up. I actually missed that uh, today with the techie uh, theme theme tune. It's really cool. Yes, 
I, I did actually listen to some of those back in the day. Um, that was around about the time I first started to listen to podcasts. Um, and uh, yeah, it was quite nostalgic to, to hear that for me as well. Yeah, and I just got word from Droops that he's um, uh, found the database and some archive episodes. So uh, we'll be getting those as well, which is fantastic news. I know you're oh, cool. So cool. Uh, that was that uh, episode episode seventeen hundred. And if anyone has any ideas for HBR two thousand, then uh, give us a shout. Then we had um, Fostem part four of five Agora voting, uh, which was an interesting one. Um, you know, an open source voting system that's auditable. I think that's a brilliant idea. Uh, the DIY book scanner. I love the open embedded. The um, the Dutch uh, the Dutch and Belgium. Uh, the German and Belgium Amateur Radio Union were there, uh, XBMC, and I know uh, Kai, who was my nephew, who was there, was uh, was thrilled that they uh, that XBMC were there. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the explanation of Cody was uh, it came across really, really well. He'd obviously done that many times, but he, I thought he did a great job. Absolutely, yep. And then we had uh, React OS, and this was a uh, Aleski was. Uh, fantastic uh fantastic guy to interview as well just come come across as a really you know believing in this project uh, fantastic we had coral yeah, his, sorry go on. his enthusiasm was was amazing wasn't it yeah i listened to him a couple of times because he sounded so so enthusiastic absolutely yeah um core os and uh, wolf ssl pico tcp um ultimaker yeah, the Ultimaker was pretty cool, actually. They, uh, well, the other three are are focused on embedded stuff, so they kind of uh, and and the cloud and stuff. So they're very polished. The Ultimaker guys seem like guys who are uh, very much their you know community, not dragging the other guys away from the community or anything. But uh, that was pretty cool. I'd love to have an Ultimaker. Oh, I really would. Yes, you'd need a fair fair amount of cash to afford one, though, unfortunately. Yeah, but the, I mean they're reasonably priced, you know. But, uh, I think yeah, so. true. They they're quite open source, uh, free software viewing. You know, after the interview, you can take the thing. You you can take all their designs and make your own. You know, so that's that's pretty cool. I had a I really had a laugh with Carl Daniel and uh, the core boot and flash ramp. It was just absolute. Um, it was really nice because we had a conversation before and after. So it was a very very nice guy. Yeah, I rushed off to check to see whether my motherboard would would take it after listening to that. I, I did know about it, but I'd never really looked into it very much. Unfortunately, it can't. But uh, next one, definitely. Yeah, there, there again, I was just explaining to a guy in work. Um, you know, you're uh, you want to run Linux on a piece of hardware. By definition, it's all your first attempt is always going to be the hardest because you've not made any effort to buy you've not known about linux in order to buy hardware that will be suitable to run linux excellently you know the further on you go the easier it gets because right my next laptop is going to have all intel hardware and i'm going to check my printers before i buy them and you're not just going down and going oh i'll buy the coolest laptop out there you know yeah i know i know 
I, I'd actually put the, the machine I, I'm working on here is uh, one I built myself, um, but I didn't know enough at the time to, to spec a, a motherboard that would that would do this. Um, I'm not sure what the state of the core boot was at that time, but uh, I know the UAFI stuff was, was, was the big deal at the time. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, anyway, but hindsight's great, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but then again, you, like with me with this laptop, you end up getting, you, you know, you, you make a choice. Like, I want to buy a laptop with a, running a Linux OS or no OS, and that's whittled down the field of available laptops to two. So it's a pretty easy choice then. Yeah, true enough, true enough. Then I, uh, the last of the interviews was with the SAS uh, NOGS, and as soon as uh, I can, I'm going to participate in that project. It's just, uh, um, yeah, I did a, one of my first jobs when I came to the Netherlands was working on uh, satellite operations, and uh, it is... Uh, love of mine so pretty cool stuff enjoyed all that enjoyed first time it was great to meet you as well Again. yeah it's it's always it's good to good to get there and to to meet meet several hpr people as well that was fun that was great uh kwp and and um oh name escapes me but to be frank to be frank and nightwise nightwise was there and nido of course nido media nido was there yep yeah yep. his father uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm missing somebody, I'm sure, but uh... yeah, from Finland, who we met on, uh, uh, not from Finland, who's on the Identica. Yeah, I know, I know. I've uh, oh, come on. brain fade, brain fade. Hold on, I'll truncate silence of this. One. Do you have Identica open by any chance? Yes, I do. Um, it's the person you're thinking of is Mats. That's um, who oh, goes yes. by the by the handle Sazius, I think. On uh, on um, Identica, yeah, we went out to dinner with uh, Matt and uh, actually JWP did. No, we missed Matt that that night, but he was staying at the same hotel. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We we met met up with him afterwards, and uh, he was uh, we had a drink with him, and while well, he was having his rather late dinner. <laughs> ah, that's correct. Yeah, so good laugh, good laugh. Okay, that was basically first time. It was and is a fantastic fantastic weird thing with these you and i were there in the at the, the ground floor of the st- exhibition place and just looking around and commenting on how many people we knew from the podcasting thing and uh, you know all of a sudden um rms walks in behind us you know and karen we were having a chat with karen and uh, you know other people it's just very very weird and uh, surreal absolutely I, I was not expecting to to I thought you were joking when you said, "Oh, look, there's RMS," <laughs> and there, and there he was, as, as large as life. Yeah, yes, and uh, nobody started singing the free soccer song, <laughs> but we will rectify that today. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. First time host Kevy, kind of uh, taking a look at various CD ripping software. All, all kind of an an, an interesting approach, actually. But sadly, yes, yes. my favorite K3B was left out. <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed that. Yeah, it's the one when I use, if I ever do use one. I, I actually love K3B as a tool. It, it, it was on the par with, uh, all, um, uh, not Audacity, but um, what was that MP3 music player? Sorry, I'm very, very, very tired. Uh, Amarok. Amarok and oh. K3B were the, were the two must have applications on KD KD when KD was there. 
And yes, yes, absolutely. We took the approach of, right, it's working, it's working perfectly. We're now just going to not mess with it anymore. But Amarok went off and threw everything out and started again and messed the whole lot up. Oh, it's a pile of rubbish now, in fact. <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it. And, yeah. Uh, absolutely. I actually had a my brother who's completely anti, you know, you know, deliberately anti anything Linux, um, uh, running a, a machine with Amarok on it. You know, Amarok won uh, because it was such a cool app at the time. But anyway, there's a good, uh, good episode. Very good idea. Um, one thing that I bugs me about Kevy's and um, Unseen Studios episodes is I can't speed up the audio. Uh, cause because they of have the music. Excellent music in there. So <laughs> yeah. I want them to have a feed of just music, all the music from all the shows in the particular week, and put that out in a separate feed. And that way I won't feel guilty about uh, uh, speeding up their music. Yes, I, I'm not surprised you said that. But I thought it was quite nice to, to have a bit of music for for change. And uh, it's it's very much Kevy's style, um, absolutely, which, is, absolutely. which is super. And I must say the uh, the C Creative Commons folder in my uh, media player is quite full of stuff that I picked up from Kevy one way or the other. Oh yes, oh yes. And we had uh, Jeff Powers, uh, aka Geekazine, introducing the various different um, sites associated with that. Yeah, I thought this was quite a quite a professional sounding uh, setup. These guys do quite a lot of this this stuff, I think, don't they? Absolutely, yeah. Not a content that's particularly um, mine. Not something I'm particularly interested in is what I'm trying to say, but, uh, you know, all power to them. Actually, yeah, each to their own, indeed. And, uh, but this, yeah, again, it would be sports wouldn't be high in my list of stuff, but uh, I'm sure it takes all sorts, you know. Okay, the following day, LibreOffice Calc, page styles and page settings, um, in the LibreOffice, uh, we had that discussion actually about uh, why doesn't the LibreOffice people, uh, why don't we uh, burn them DVDs of uh, of Kevin's um, series actually and drop them off at Boston? Might do that next year actually as a as a collaborative thing because I've got spindles upon spindles of DVDs here. I could uh, burn them on it. Yeah, absolutely, great idea. Yes, now I've just signed myself up to another six weeks of work. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And moving on, 1706, Cross Compilers Part 1. What it is and why I might need it by Mr. Mike Ray. Um, turning out to be a very... This was a great episode. Really explained oh, yes. nice and clearly to me what was going on. Yes, yes, indeed. No, Mike's very good at uh, doing this in a in a sort of calm and reasoned way, a well well structured way. Yeah. And Sorry, you disappeared there for a second. Sorry, I I uh, just got struck with a cough and had to. Anyway, yeah, I thought thought Mike did a great job here. I enjoy his uh, his style of um, show. Yeah, the fifteen hours versus fifteen minutes thing got me. So you had me at that. Okay, the following day, a tour of my desktop. Very nice from Visa. This is one that uh, quite a lot of people should do, actually. I wouldn't have thought of myself and when I was when I heard uh, a lot of the things that he was using. I wouldn't have, uh, you know, settled on that myself. But again, that is the that is the beauty of 
uh, a free desktop. And I remember, oh, back in the day when I were a lad, um, there were, you know, you'd, you'd install something like SUSE and you get uh, two DVDs and every application, you would have a separate application for word processors and a separate application uh, menu for DVD burners and every possible DVD option uh, was there, a DVD burning option taken, talking about Kevin's episode earlier on. And it was only when Ubuntu came online that the fashion to strip it down and only put in one option for a particular desktop came into play. Uh, absolutely, yes, yes. I When I first got access to Linux, um, Red Hat or something like that, it was years ago, uh, I just went and went mad and loaded everything, just grabbed everything there was just to play around with it, you know. So, uh, and then probably threw, threw stuff away or never used it, ended up with menus stuffed with things I, I never used. But uh, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's good to hear somebody who's maybe been through that and, uh, and come up with a set of recommendations passing on his, uh, his experience. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I have a list like this on my, um, uh, on my website just to remind myself. It's basically an apt-get or a yum install and then copy and paste every time I, I um, uh, reinstall. And as I reinstall it, every, you know, usually there goes, there's a year or two in between. I you know, get a new desktop or a new laptop or something for someone in the family that I, there's a few things that I've decided not to use anymore or decided to use again. So very good, very good idea. Yes, a good one for all those out there who are thinking, gosh, I don't know what show to do. No, that's true, actually. Just just as an aside, I was intrigued that he's uh, a fan of Lazarus. Have you ever used that? Um, that's the uh, Pascal cover that's, thing. Yeah. yeah, Pascal, a bit like Ball, the Borland, uh, is it Borland, the Delphi, Delphi package? Yeah, I, I, was, I was reading that in the show notes as I was posting it, and I was thinking, I know this, I know this, what is that? I did at one time start playing around with it. When I was at work, I was looking for a, an application I could write um, database apps in that I could sort of hand out to uh, people in the in my department. And uh, I, I, I tried Lazarus, and I found it was it was damn good actually. You can write um, Postgres tools in it um, reasonably well. You're not using Perl, Dave. <laughs> Sometimes you have to compile things, you know. It's just the way of it. Fair enough. Yeah. Sometimes you want you want GUIs as well. That's the other thing. Yeah, so yeah, that's, Perl's not so good at uh, at fancy GUI. Remind me, actually, I have another project I, I'm, I want to pick your brains about as well. Actually, I, might, sure. I think I'll just add. add uh, I will probably just ask it on the mail list. Um, yes, seventeen oh eight, Mister Lazy himself, JWP. I'm too good. <laughs> He emailed me a show. We had a big discussion about this uh, at Postem uh, without show notes, JWP, nudge, nudge, one quick. And, uh, but it was a good it's good show. He also brought up something completely different in the middle of that. It was the Nano episode and there was something else that I thought, oh, I really want to comment on that. Oh, yes, the LPI books. Yes. Yes, I know. I was just looking for my notes because I noted that as well. Yeah, he said he did the LPI exam at FOSDEM. What? I want to know what happened. Yeah, so do I. Tune in next month and you'll find out here on Hacker Public Radio. Anyway, 1709, Hacking Your Teeth. I'm really glad <laughs> I'm glad Mr. X did this and I'm really glad it's not the show that I thought it was going to be. Uh, uh, yeah, 
soldering <laughs> on stuff, sensors to your teeth. But he made me a bit paranoid. I couldn't click on any of the links because I was listening to it as I was in the bus. Was, oh dear, what am I? What am I missing here? Exactly. That that was the, the notes I made here is must buy interdental brushes, <laughs> which I don't have any. <laughs> They're like uh, I'm just looking at the um, the uh, the picture here on Wikipedia, and they are like really long, thin. Um, long thin brushes they're not like your typical toothbrush like a piece of wire that's uh, straight up uh, with brush coming out yeah yeah it's I don't know where you get them actually but uh, it looks like something that it's worth investing in it looks like it's something better to use than uh, floss you know I've never got on very well with that stuff it always breaks yes indeed Indeed. Who thought we'd be discussing teeth? Sterical HBR. And is it of interest to hackers, Dave? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this hacker, anyway. There you go. I like uh, Mr. X's episodes. He taught me to solder. Anyway, oh, the yeah. next day, 1710, uh, remote desktop with GNU Linux. And I recorded this with Easy Voice Recorder Pro. I was. Uh, I had three biological alarm clocks going off the whole night, so I couldn't go back to sleep. So I went into work early and then recorded this on the way. I, uh, yes, I thought maybe you were the 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 kids were asleep next door or something. You you seemed to be speaking very quietly into it, but it worked well. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. I don't uh, guess you have any call for for this this uh, this type of thing. I don't need to access any Windows machines. Hooray! Mind you, I did at one point in my in my life, but uh, not anymore. But it's 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 interesting, but uh, um, just just academically interesting. Indeed, than... indeed. <laughs> it's, that, it's funny actually. We're talking about old podcasts. The uh, Lin- the lot of Linux links. Uh, a show I sadly miss. Dave Yates. There's always a home for you here, Dave. Um, Agree. Had that base name dollar zero trick. Um, to find out the name of the script, and then you could, uh, you know, just call server one, and then it calls a bash script, and the bash script, knowing what its name is, will do something based on the case statement. It was a fantastic, phenomenally cool trick. So and I think I know that I got the X R and R tip from some other show. Uh, I think probably Tattoo or somebody. So this this particular script is nothing but a mishmash of uh, bash things that i i found on other um podcasts but that that is the way it is isn't it i mean it, we we all have i'm sure we all have bits and pieces of scripts and stuff that we've gleaned from other people's work and and that's that's the way you learn it's it's a fantastic way to learn too i must admit i i did cut and paste your um xr and r things just to see what the, what they did because they looked quite cool um i wasn't quite sure why you used so many um, tools in there, but <laughs> I thought I'd just keep my keep my mouth shut this time. <laughs> to uh, to to in answer to your and Mike Ray's discussion about uh, not using XPath, it's because I didn't know how to do it any other way, Dave. So if you can uh, if you can come up with a nicer way of doing it, then please, 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 please um, paste it into the show notes for this. Actually, or uh, comment on the show notes. It works. I might basically. do that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course. We, again, we all do this, but uh, I tend to look back at them later on and think, oh, why did I do it that way? I, I can think of a much better way of doing it now and then go and hack it and make it make it work slightly better 
um, just just because that's the way my brain works, unfortunately. No, that's that's exactly it. I found loads of like this one still uses the backticks um, to find its server equals backtick base name, whereas now I've completely switched to always using um, dollar open parentheses the command close parentheses because you can yeah, nest, you can nest those whereas backticks you can't and backticks is not obvious what's going on whereas I think it's more obvious if you use the dollar braces thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree very but much. So. I haven't. You know, this script is so old. I can actually tell how old some of my scripts are by my coding styles at a particular time. But um, there was one thing uh, I did that has been bugging a lot of people and has been getting no attention is the R desktop command is completely uh, not supporting uh, Windows uh, Windows two thousand and eight with uh, with the newer security cert requirements and. Um, so that's why I went out to look for something else. And X Free RDP seems to be a pretty good solution. Yeah, cool. So I know uh, I know a lot of people. If you're being bugged by this, you you're going to like this show. Otherwise, you, you know, it's one of the ones you'll delete. I imagine. It's it's actually one of just just referring forward to 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 some of the comments. The business of knowing that there might be something on HPR that you could go and uh, search through and find an answer to your problem is, is, is always good. So, you know, it's uh, it's always good to have these sorts of things as a resource, I think. Absolutely. Okay, and then we have uh, 1711, which was Swift uh, 110 or 110 or um, however he introduces himself. And uh, they're going through some video software, and, uh, which was unimpressive. And it was only later on that I realized it was a video recording recording software. Yeah, he, he made, first of all, I didn't know who was who. That was one thing. But uh, I know it was, it was him and his brother, but I couldn't work out who was who. But um, uh, they kept referring to, uh, you'll see it in the video and stuff. And, of course, they never linked to, to the video. So that was slightly sad. But there you go. Absolutely. But, uh yeah, a follow-up episode will be absolutely excellent. I use a, um, I've used FF, uh, FFmpeg, uh, mplayer for that, FFmpeg, and I also have a, a command line script as well, which I may do a show about that just does that and it records. Oh, very good. And then we have Mike with what's in my crate, taking the uh, not to be outdone by the rest of us uh, with our with our bags. He has a crate, and uh, I could see him. I could visualize it very much in my mind how his uh, his crate was was being put together. Yeah, he he described it very well. I I was uh, I also used those thirty five liter boxes. I've got loads of them in the house for all sorts of stuff. They stack beautifully. <clears throat> so yeah, I was able to to visualize what what he was talking about very very well. I think I, I even followed up some of his links there, thinking some of those bits and pieces sounded interesting, like the speakers. So very good. They um, over here in the Netherlands, most people use the uh, Albert Hein boxes, which is you know a plastic crate that's the equivalent of Tesco uses for home delivery. So, all right, we we uh, around this part of the world, there's not much of that type of thing. There used to be a supermarket called Safeways, which has gone bust, um, which had a had a box of which I have many, um, but they. They're not stackable, so they're not as useful as these guys. Ah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, then we had um, 1713, 
to be frank, interviews Aaron Wilson, Free Software Foundation Europe, and Tor Project. And it was like as if uh, he had gone out of his way to record the ones that I had missed. I'm really, really glad that uh, he included these into the uh, into the episodes. Absolutely, yeah, they were they were good interviews. I I found them uh, most most intriguing. I liked the I liked his questions too, you know, about uh, the, uh, the the British government responding by saying, "Oh, look, a bad thing happened. Oh, I know. Let's let's stop encryption. Let's uh, have cameras in every house or something." It's yes. yeah, good, very good point he made there. Absolutely. And Vim hints zero zero one about time, Dave. About time. Yes. Well, <clears throat> I um, yeah, I don't know quite whether I've set this at too low a level. I would really hesitated a long time thinking about. It. I've been thinking about this for a year or more, thinking it would be quite nice to pass on some of this stuff. But it's a hard subject to talk about, and you really need to start from from you know ground ground zero type of thing. I feel, but. When I listened to it, I thought, God, this guy's boring. What is he on about? But, no, no, uh, not at all, because, you know, you land at a server and there's nothing but Vim there. It's a very, very, very scary world. Well, I've been there and I've watched other people doing this as well and sort of fumbling about with Vim and then crashing out of it, not knowing how to get out of it and ending up with bits and pieces all over the place or, you know, with a, with a thing that can move around very rapidly, just going cursor up 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 multiple times and and you know so i thought well if i base it around um that sort of scenario then uh, it's it might 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 turn out to be a useful uh, series to do so anyway we'll see it was high on my list of uh, requested topics to you in particular i still don't know why the h j k and um l i i know why they are dave but i don't know why in this day and age you can't assume that there's arrow keys on the keyboard. I th- I put it down to the quality of typist that you are, because uh, it's. Uh, I think my son, for example, who's taught himself touch typing, is a very fast typist. Um, he, uh, I think that that sort of approach appeals to him. Whereas me, as I said in the podcast, is more of a hunt and peck old old geezer type of uh, typist. Um, I don't use that at all. Um, but you know. Do you I use don't know. the arrow keys or you use HJK? Yeah, I use, yeah. use the arrow keys and a bit of mouse and, and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Same here. Okay. I need to learn to touch that. And a question for the education system in general. Why the hell are people giving schools laptops or, um, yeah, kids' laptops, giving them iPads and not teaching them to type? Like, seriously, folks, what what is going on with the education system that the still typing is still not a required subject. <sighs> very much so, very much so. I mean, it, it used to be a thing that only girls did because they were going to be secretaries, weren't they? And, uh, you know, yeah. so they had to learn to learn to type on a, on a typewriter, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's mad because keyboard skills are so important today. And, uh, yeah, I, I just have no idea why that, why that is, is not in place. Anyway, enough about that. Enough about that. Uh, the final show, I think, seventeen fifteen. Is that correct? Uh, That's right. Yep. LibreOffice Calc uh, Cell Styles. Also good one. He, um, yeah, in this series, finally uh, figured out how to change that annoying thing where you can 
print uh, grid lines on your spreadsheets because every single time I have to go in and change that and I never it never dawned on me that it would be in a style sheet that you could change it I uh, yeah I, I really got to follow this one up and learn learn more from this I was I was listening trouble with with Ahuka's well I say trouble with I mean the thing about Ahuka's um, episodes is you've really got to be sat down there with um, an instance of of calc running in front of you to really get the most out of it, and I'm not always that uh, that good at uh, at uh, doing that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I quite agree. There's there's so much in there, and he's 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 pointing out all of this really cool stuff, um, and uh, you know it, it's going to be so useful. I think. Absolutely. I don't know. I, I probably in my past have used uh, spreadsheet programs so often that I know the menus inside and out. <laughs> from everywhere you know and it never just struck me to to go so when i hear his shows i'm doing whatever i'm doing but the uh, the application is floating in front of my head <laughs> if you know what i mean oh i do very much so yeah all righty with a new and improved mailing list discussion dave i just want to take some time out here to absolutely thank you for the script for making the show notes for these episodes it was a pain in the arse <laughs> doing this every month and now uh, you have completely taken it over and the notes look fantastic so thank you very much thank that. you oh that's very kind of you i uh i'm afraid i'm that sort of a perfectionist that i've really got to get this looking as good as i can and uh so the adding the mailing list stuff it's been on my my to-do list for, for a long long time and it is remarkably difficult or at least for me to to do um that anyway i think we've we've maybe got a got a solution this time we'll, we'll see see let's try using the damn thing and see see whether it works yeah, I uh, unfortunately, Dave, I'm also an evil manipulative git. So um, knowing that about you, I <laughs> I quite often put things in your way, knowing that it will bug bug you so much that you will go and do it for me. <laughs> so my apologies for taking advantage. Ah, uh, yeah. What can I say? <laughs> it's it's meat and drink, really. I I love uh, I I quite enjoy being bugged by the by this uh, piece of grit and then try and make a pearl out of it oh that's a bad joke um but you know it's uh, <laughs> um yeah yeah this that should yeah, i should i shall i use the opportunity to rant slightly about um Feel free, dude. email Feel free. and and stuff right so what i tried to do was um i discovered that uh, the Gmain system offers an interface where you can go and download a bunch of messages and then you get it in a mailbox format. Well, I know how to read mailbox formats. I did lots of work on mail when I was, uh, uh, when I was employed. Um, so I thought, okay, well, what I'll do is I'll go and pull down the messages in this format and then write a script to process them and then process them into threads and um, display the threads so we can follow them in the notes. Um, well, I discovered that making thread, joining them, the messages up with as threads turned out to be quite difficult because in many cases, uh, people are not replying to messages. They're simply typing a brand new message with the same subject header as um, the original with a, with a, a re on the front of it. Um, but not using the reply function in whatever mail client they have. So it means that the message is unthreaded. Doing a new one? Yeah, yeah, because, well, it's the only explanation I can I can think of because you know how messages, you know how threads are, are constructed 
um, there are headers in the message which refer back to the to the message ID of the me- the previous message. So the parent message is referred back to in a in a in a header. There are actually two types of header. I I don't want to shut me up if I'm going going on too much, but uh, you are bordering the, on doing a show about message headers. <laughs> well, I could, but I. I I feel that maybe a lot of people would would switch off, but um, <clears throat> it's um, anyway. You only get those those links if you use the reply type functions within your mail client. If you and the only the only thing I can assume is that people are not in some cases rare, fairly rare cases I must admit are not using these these features and therefore the messages are turning into sort of orphaned things, which are, which are not properly threaded. I noticed that Gmain um, tries to resolve these, so I came up with an algorithm to do it myself by looking, finding an orphaned message, and then looking for the subject line back through all the other messages to work out where it would fit in the the scheme of things. And I think I more or less got it um, working, but um, but the one that I can't thread is the one where they don't reply and they change the subject line. That that mean that, and neither can Gmain. I noticed, yeah, so you're stuffed with that one. Yeah, exactly. The other one that I can't deal with is if you reply to a um, a digest message, because the digest messages are not threaded at all. Um, yeah. I, uh, so uh, the other the other <laughs> moan, um, get off my lawn, is um, that. Sometimes people don't start a new thread when they should, and what they do is they reply to an existing thread and change the subject line. Well, I haven't tried to do anything about those because it's just too difficult. It's just impossible, I think, to to resolve that one. But uh, you know, if you're starting a new thread, starting off a new subject, then just create a brand new message rather than replying. Could you, no, uh, messing aside, I know I've done I've done what you just described uh, from time to time. Do you think you could put a show together about uh, mailing list etiquette, please? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. You 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 might need to vet it so I don't get too ranty. No, no, <laughs> no. That's fine. Because I get can, mildly uh, irritated by this. I can. We can put a link into that show on the mailing list. Uh, you know, sign up page or something. Yeah, I, I I used to be the manager of the the team that um, ran the mail system for a small university in Edinburgh, and uh, the the way that people used email used to really really annoy me, and uh, so so I have to be careful. I don't let my uh, pent up uh, irritation loose on this subject. You can, you can but uh, if you title that section as a rant of Dave, then uh, we all know what's coming. Uh, yeah, when you hear me screaming, then you'll know. Just, just, sh- yeah. just fast forward that bit. All right. So we had um, Charles Taylor with the hackerpublicradio.com squatter occupied lookalike domain is available, and um, to which I replied that uh, yeah, I have it on. Ba- I had it on back order for a long time from GoDaddy, but um, yeah, eventually we got it. Although. GoDaddy, if you want to rant, are um, the reason I went to GoDaddy is that I was registered with GoDaddy. Um, they are deliberately uh, obfuscating <laughs> um, the whole process because you, 
you don't know if you're if you're the winning bid. So I expected that I would put on a, you know, buy the buy this domain when it becomes available. You would imagine that that would be purchase of the domain, but then they, when it became available, they put it into auction. So then I was very close to bidding on myself. So, and it wasn't clear anywhere in the in the um, control panel that I had that you know what the process was and what was happening. It was very. Uh, Horrible, uh, horrible interface, I must say. Yeah, it's capitalism, I guess. But, yeah. Well, you know, capitalism is doesn't need to be screwing your customer. You know, capitalism is is a balance between you and your customer, and both of you getting a fair deal out of what's happening. Uh, screwing customers over isn't capitalism; it is screwing your customer over so that they go away from you and never want to come back again ever. Yeah. Anyway, it's pretty foul. I agree. Quote Ferengi, uh, it's not good in the rules of acquisition. Anyway, Audiobook Club, it's gone out late. Uh, Matcher Rules, I've started listening to it myself. It will be uh, February the 10th. That's right, yep. Has that already happened? It's already happened, I guess, yes. <clears throat> it being the 28th today, yes. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Then we had uh, Ivan, um, who is Epicanus. And I, I assumed I, his I assumed his handle there. I hope I'm not not wrong in this, but I assumed it was meant to be pronounced Ivan Privasi, which sounds sounds no, like I think that's his name. a rather amusing pun. <clears throat> oh, do you think? I don't know. Is that not his right real name? I, I don't know. I doubt whether either of them are, uh, actually. As, as you can see by reading this thread, I find his emails very, very confusing to follow. It is, uh, anyway, I, I got the wrong end of the stick with this, and again, apologies to, um, to Ivan for this um, mess up. Basically, um, he was... Uh, requesting feedback on a show that he did and I somehow warped that into thinking that he was requesting that we change the encoding for every show on the network. So, um, <laughs> less said about that, the better, I think. Uh, it's been a long month. Yeah, it, it, he, I think he was sort of, um, how to put it, uh, suggesting that maybe some uh, metadata could be added that's not currently in the shows but i don't think that was that should be conflated with you know does some of this metadata in my show blow your your player up there's more that uh you know we 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 only put out the core stuff in in um hpr shows yeah yeah we do but there's a reason for that and <laughs> that reason became very apparent when i was going back editing all the shows from uh, today with a techie and stuff the audio that is submitted or has been in the past now it's it's fairly standard because we have a page that shows people you know this is this is a recording this is the settings in, in audacity and most media players are sane now but back when we started nine years ago mp3 was a new massively new thing and they you would get shows in that had like audio in one channel or that was completely buzzy or that was warped slow because the encoding rate was was wrong really 
for for the crack some of just go and download some of the today with the techie episodes and open them in audacity and and just have a look like there's a a dc offset on on the on some of the shows it's like bizarre so a lot of them when i when i started working on this we were getting um uh, we were getting a lot of complaints from people about shows not playing and I went back and had a look. Uh, I actually ended up going back and uh, adding, uh, re-encoding things from MP3 to AUG and Speaks, and a lot of them failed at that time. So I ended up having to download the MP3s at that time of the shows that were causing issues, open them in Audacity, and basically fix them and uh, repost them. So I did that for HBR, but HBR shows are not for um, today with the techie. But, uh, yeah, but that has since ironed out because we basically take everything regardless of what it is and turn it into a raw PCM file um, so if it's WAV, FLAC, whatever it just everything gets stripped out and we just put uh, put it into uh, a raw PCM file and then from there we can convert it into everything else but that said I was really thinking the FOSDEM episodes would be one for chapter marks would really have been handy yeah yeah I agree I agree because I did go to a lot of trouble to put the chapter marks in on the website. So if you play them on the website and you go to any of the interviews, the um, all you need to do is put the hash octotorp symbol, pound sign, whatever you use, and T equals um, the start time and then comma the end time. And you'll be able to, um, when you press play, it'll jump forward to that section of the audio file and just play that, which is really nice. And that would be nice to have on, on audio play, players that would support that. Okay, um, I mentioned I reserved a slot for uh, 2015-0401. Um, we have an open series that you will all remember. It comes once a year. Um, the Open System Interconnect OSI model. Uh, so if anyone... Uh, I was intending on doing this. Uh, I don't have anything particularly planned. But if anybody would like to record that episode and submit it... Uh, just drop me an email, please, and we will make sure that that gets updated for you. And then I sent on uh, some cross-promotional opportunities emails, which caused some discussion. I found that quite fascinating, actually, just just because I went into grumpy old man mode and went, Ugh, it doesn't look doesn't look right to me and I thought oh god I'm being uh, that's completely wrong I shouldn't take that attitude at all and then it seemed that the community sort of agreed to, to, to a fair to fair extent is that fair fair comment yeah some people were uh, were interested in doing it but um, to be honest I've seen this this one came the closest to being an actual real thing um, and their site you know uh, we do get quite a lot of uh, you know Bob's shoe store wants to do cross promotional opportunities to you, and you know it's just a spam. Uh, it's a spam thing. But this one, I thought I, I would fire forward on because it comes very close to the boundary. But I had a look as well at some of the people that they have on their site, and you know that you can earn a number of points. And uh, I think there was only twenty three people listed, and a lot of them didn't have any points at all. And so, not sure what's going on there. But if somebody wants to record a show and uh, do an interview with these guys uh, as a show that would be good i think that would be better approach than um, than having them come on and giving us a sales spiel because you wouldn't get the the tough questions in there no that that's that's an excellent suggestion i like that 
Can I just comment that um, this particular thread, um, I didn't want didn't to have a go at, at, at Frank, uh, Frank Bell, who, uh, who, who um, hijacked the thread at the end, but uh, you will notice that his comments didn't actually appear as a thread because they're stuck on the end of this one. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, how did that happen? Well, if you look at how um, Gmain has handled it, they've done the same because what he did was he did a reply to an old message and changed the the um, subject, ah. and so it it uh, it's it's been threaded. It's threaded by um, by my code. It's threaded by Gmain. It's threaded by any any thread aware oh, mailer right, right, right. as being part of that thread. Oh, well, don't pick so, Frank out for that. I've done that loads of times. No, 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 no. I'll, That's I'll why know I, not to do it I again, didn't... Dave. I'll know not to do it again. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just you, you lose in in this world of threaded messages. Then you get lost in in, especially if you attach yourself to a large thread. Um, people people don't see your messages uh, um, no, if they I'm... look at stuff after the event. I'm really sure now. You definitely need to do a. Um an episode because you know about threading and how it works because if we know how it works then we know what to do and what not to do yeah so let's yeah, talk about okay. uh frank uh he's asking about the intro and outro and um uh, and about the ftp server so the ftp account has been changed since then if you want it you email admin at hackerpublicradio.org although i prefer people to go to the website and even if you want to upload via FTP, you can just reserve your um, date, fill in the information for the show notes, and then um, if you don't upload any file or provide a URL, then you you get emailed username and password for the FTP site as well as my home address, so that you can uh, deliver the uh, if you want to post a show in from an undisclosed location. That's pretty cool. Also, I see that uh, Lost in Bronx one didn't get picked up on the uh, Gmail thing, or the cross-promotional offer. Yeah, that was a case where he has, um, he has, uh, what did he do there? I did make a note of this. He replied to a, he no, he didn't reply to a previous message, and he changed the subject line. So both my code and Gmain's code can't join his message in with the, the thread. That's That was the problem there. Okay, not to worry. I mean, it's better than a lot. It's, it's fine. We get it here, so that's fine. Um, then the next one was from me, hobbypublicradio.com.net and .org are redirecting to hackerpublicradio.org. Actually, they're not. They're doing more than that. If you go to hobbypublicradio.com or hobbypublicradio.net or hobbypublicradio.org, you're brought to a completely different site that has nothing to do with hackers at all. And those sites will be, um, those sites will be, um, will have the text hacker, will have very similar text to what's on Hacker Public Radio, except it'll be replaced with Hobby Public Radio. That's very impressive. It was fun to do, I must say. And it's been a long time in the offing because I've heard from people that if they're at their work, then they can't access the HPR website, the Hacker Public Radio website, because it's got the naughty word hacker in it. Uh, so now you should be able to just go to hobbypublicradio.org, for instance, and get to the content. You will not be able to upload a show because 
uh, I have lots of checks in there specifically for domain names, and I don't want to make it more complicated. In addition to that, um, the emailing aspect won't work because it comes from hackerpublicradio.org. And in any event, I'm thinking the use case where people are uploading in work is kind of relatively small. I can understand why somebody might want to download a show to listen in work, but uploading a show from work seems seems a bit odd, especially if that environment is blocking access to uh, HBR in the first place. And on a side note, if you are if you are working in an environment that is has a third party provider that is blocking us, not that the environment themselves are blocking us, but a third party provider is blocking us please uh, contact me so that I can contact their provider. I've done this on a few occasions. And when they get a phone call from somebody asking them why uh, this service that's been of the, of, um, that has been of support to the community has been blocked um, and given all the contents that we have and that we're, um, we've interviewed several founding figures, blah, blah, blah. And we've, interview people from IBM and RMS and blah 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 that uh, they're very 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 quick about unblocking us so um, just keep that in mind folks and uh, the next one was a bug report that I uh, that found and I fixed Mike has a topic request about automake and I think you replied to that um, I put it on the list and Tlatu replied that uh, there was a show about that by um, uh, Nido and you replied to that as well no I, I didn't add anything useful to the to the discussion i simply responded to your comment about uh, trying to break my threading algorithm that's all ah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you see dave i play with your mind <laughs> I, I can't yeah uh, yeah yeah you you challenge me i have to come back to something i'm afraid <clears throat> and then we have uh, the one obviously about the show notes and uh, the one about 5150 um, having trouble submitting um, shows. Now, um, we've done a lot of investigation on this topic, and quite a lot of it is off, um, is now off the mailing list, because I went through the log files, the Apache log files, to see what was going on with um, um 5150 and also Kevin seemed to have this and I think we're close to identifying the issue it's not uh, it's not the the website itself is basic HTML we have PHP render the HTML but the HTML is backward compatible I even tried it on the on the mosaic browser so there's nothing special about that um, any of the HTML5 stuff should be ignored by previous browsers um, as part of the specs so that's all good. So long as you fill in the required fields, you're not going to have problems. Um, because I check for stuff like if if there's supposed to be 12 fields and only 10 get filled in, then it can't have come through the website. That type of thing. So it was a good exercise for me to go through this. Um, but I couldn't I couldn't find anything particular um, that was going on that was that would seem strange. But the one thing that um, 5150 and Kevin. Um, uh, Ahuka have in common are is that they were both uploading multiple episodes and we beginning to think now that it's something to do with uh, the caching on the browser on their side or perhaps um, that need to hit refresh or something like that or that the back button is 
uh, you know, its back button has been used and it doesn't uh, get a new page from the website or the website is saying it's okay that the page hasn't been refreshed. Or it's possibly something like they, when you're typing in the URL that it also fills in the previous uh, page that was there, which was the confirmation page. And once you go there, you get a 412 or um, permission denied. But I will say this, two things of note, very important. One is that as soon as you see that you post a show and it gives you the thank you page, you should have an email in your inbox. If you don't, can you check your spam folders? And JWP has reported that there's an issue with Hotmail and uh, 5150 also had some of his emails, uh, confirmation emails going to a spam folder. So um, I'm going to be putting some information about that onto the website as well. Um, just so that we can, and I'm going to see if there's a way of getting those email addresses white-listed white by uh, individual services. But I think we're close to fixing, to, to, to seeing this uh, fixed, I hope. Yeah, very good. And finally, we had um, uh, Josh uh, Knapp, who's the, um, uh, basically the, the patron of HPR and binrev and associated projects he is at anhonesthost.com anhonesthost.com and they provide all this stuff for free and you have no idea the amount of work that this chap does in the background so he's got some new firewall rules and intrusion detection stuff in uh, to stop uh, a lot of attacks and you know even when we were troubleshooting this issue you'd see all the stuff that's going on um i don't don't know if people realize how many um, <laughs> many people are trying, jokers are trying to uh, avail of our services. Trolling the website and pulling down, you know, taking more of HPR is absolutely fine. There are easier ways to do it and we want to make that possible. But um, yeah, there's lots of people trying to do um, interesting stuff, shall we say. And uh, 5150 did make a point that uh, saying, are you trying to attack the show in an, in a, in an error message that can come up? is a bit off-putting so as part of that i fixed med the error page that you're likely to see a lot less error uh, freaky and uh, then put some hidden comments in for the those script kiddies amongst us who wish to uh, record shows for us and by the way if you get as far as the upload page uh, then you've already got past josh's uh, josh's stuff and you're into my zone so if you can't upload then it's entirely due to me so if you can't upload for any reason please email admin at hackerpublicradio.org remember i'm in a different time zone to you probably so uh, allow 24 hours for it to go through what is very useful is the show number that you are trying to upload um a history of the steps that you went through i was trying to upload on this page then i clicked this and i went in here then i got this i didn't get the email this error appeared and especially on the upload page itself there will be an md5 uh, string um, given that will describe exactly what uh, it's a, it's an error code and if you can paste that to me as well that will tell me where in the process uh, you're having problems and we can also look at the logs and stuff and see uh, see exactly what's going on but for the most people I think there's been about 15 to 20 people who have now uploaded via the website so it seems to be going okay I think yeah, I've had no problems apart from um, the one email dropping in my spam folder as well. So uh, it seems to, seems to work fine for me. Yeah, I don't know how to 
the caching I can get around because I can retrigger caching and the browsers could technically do something. On the thank you page, I can leave that up for a few uh, seconds and then have it auto redirect to, to somewhere else, or I can have a click here button that will bring people back to the home page. So then the last page that they were at was the home page, and then I can force then uh, a that the calendar page is also always refreshed on every uh, you know you force a refresh every time you go into that page. Uh, whether the browser is on or that or not is another thing, but. Um, uh, I can also put in messages about press F5 and stuff. Um, do you think a show would be... Yeah, who am I asking? Do you think a show... Yes, is the answer. All right, I better do a show on the upload process. The the other thought I had was that uh, some sort of diagrammatic thing to, to show how to do this, but uh, then I thought, ah, oh, yeah, well, who's going to do it? Um, I, I tend to I'll have try Mike and... Ray do that for us. <laughs> Yes. Okay. A, a braille, a braille diagram would be. Uh... You know what I would love to see is a. Uh, or love to see in quotes, uh, drink, is a um, or time. What was that they were doing on the New Year show? Uh, you know, a, a, a accessibility tools was really cool. I, I would love to actually use one of those to uh, to see how it works, see what it feels like. You know, browsing through a, a thing of text that would be cool. Yeah, Mike's description of his little Braille um, device, I forget what, what he called it, was, was fascinating because he was saying that it, it, you effectively feel it and, and, and move your, your mouse cursor over your screen and then, then it, it turns it into Braille, what's under the mouse cursor, which is just an amazing concept. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, there were 17 comments this month. First one was on episode fifteen twenty two back in uh, twenty fourteen zero six. It was how to use Docker containers on Linux, and I said it before, and I'll say it again. Uh, people, HPR is a gold mine. There, you 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 don't know when your shows are going to be listened to. So, this is how to use Docker Linux, and the comment from was from Windigo about creating a bridge interface. And the command to do that is IP space link space add space br0 space type space bridge. So thanks, Windigo, for that one. Pretty cool. And Mr. Morris had one on coffee. Do you want to give us a rundown? I'm, I'm drowning in comments here. I'm trying to it's drive the, two uh, tabs at once. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, um, uh, somebody with the handle 1093i3511 <laughs> said uh, we commented on a a um an alternative way of uh, um do, making espresso coffee with a device that that uh, used an electric um, element to to heat the water uh, a Rommelsbacher I assume Echo 366 um. And it it does look very cool. It looks it very very indeed. nice. It does, yeah. My only problem with it was the uh, little Bialetti that I that I use um, costs about I think it was about fifteen pounds when I bought it. About twenty pounds on Amazon right now in the UK. Um, yeah. Whereas the Rommelsbacher is uh, seventy three pounds on um, on Amazon yeah, UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just, you know, it's if you if you didn't have a stove, it would be an amazing thing to to have. But uh, 
I'm not sure I'd pay that much. Oh, beside your bed. <laughs> Coffee, I'm sure no expense is spare, Dave. Uh, if, if anybody wants for you to buy me one, I'll put it on my wish list, you know, and uh, just, just go for it. Fair enough. Uh, Charles uh, replied to Patronage as an alternative to Marketplaces to Lost in Bronx episode 1683. And he proposed the idea of uh, crowdsourcing patronage. It kind of seems like, you know, um, uh, I immediately sprang to mind requesting for donations uh, like they do on uh, Escape Pod. But that's kind of more, um, that's a different thing. He He's talking about uh, something like Kickstarter or something like that, which could work, I guess. Um, comment on episode 1687 back in January of this year by Tasha Taj Sar. Tash, I think it says, uh, yeah. By Mark Waters, who simply said, thanks for sharing the OPML. So, very good. Is that Mike Waters or Mark Waters? It's Mark Waters. Okay, because I was thinking it might be Mark Waters who did the um, water swimming in France show. So, um, comment on Fostem 3 of 5. Um, from 5150, play that funky music. And obviously, 50 doesn't read the show notes, because in every show notes, as you should for Creative Commons music, I gave uh, all the copyrights, including everybody who's playing in it, and as I am required to do under the license. So, that was there. And then uh, we had an episode uh, about from Mike Ray. Thanks for asking the right questions. And uh, mostly because I solicited Mike's input and uh, everybody else's input uh, on the on the first part. I unfortunately didn't get to ask questions of the Doodoo Linux chap because uh, for one thing and another, I completely, completely slipped my mind if I'm being truth, truthfully honest. And sometimes you come, you come up against somebody who is... Um, how how will I say this? Uh, devoting a lot of their free time, and you you feel feel a lot bad. I I didn't ask him the tough questions because I'd forgotten about it. But it's a lot easier to ask tough questions on somebody who's wearing a suit and being paid to go there by their company and all the rest. If you know what I mean, do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. You you don't really want to slap <laughs> effectively slap the guy down for. You know, and, and, and squash his enthusiasm that you, you're hearing in an interview like that. Yeah, exactly. And there's like two people working on the project himself and another guy, you know. So, yeah. Other projects, I had no problem asking the questions, uh, the tough questions. But, uh, yeah, anyway. So, yes, uh, I feel embarrassed reading out the comments for the next one. So, <laughs> that's uh, if you want to do it, Dave. Yes, uh, this is. Um... Comments on show 1700, and uh, which went down very, very well, as, as uh, we already uh, discovered, I think. Um, we have Mike Ray saying, this this was Ken's um, everybody's name being intro show being stitched together that we spoke about before. Uh, Mike Ray says, such a parcel of rogues, which is, <laughs> which is an interesting true. comment. <laughs> true enough. Uh, brilliant, a mammoth feat of editing, he says, which which yeah, I can only only agree with. Um, we have fifty one fifty. Actually, it's fifty one fifty episode uh, comment. Actually, um, just nailed it for me. All the 
thanks for the great ep- episode everyone uh, everything one needs to know about HBR in 10 minutes that, that just uh, put a smile on my face for the whole day I must say I've, I've, I'm fascinated with people's handles. I, I'd love to know how people come up with, with them. I mean, I, I have no originality at all. Therefore, I never came up with one myself. So it just uh, it fascinates me. I, I, people actually saying them out, out loud and stuff is, is, a, is a great thing. And what was amazing to me was how many people don't put their handle in the show, don't even introduce themselves. I I don't know. I always say, hello, this is Ken Paul and I blah, 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 blah. But the amount of people who I, you know, I had to get a list of all the people that, that might have done five or six different shows, and every single one of them just went straight into the text. Hi, this is the text, and I'm doing the text. And then eventually on the final show or second to last show, at the end of the episode, they say their name. And with a few people, I actually cheated and had to get their a recording of them from other podcasters who I knew had interviewed them and they had said their name on the other shows. So I had to cut it from there and put it into HBR. <laughs> oh, my God. That just, just gives us some insight into the amount of work that went into this, Ken. Amazing. <laughs> and then I edited all of this and then all of a sudden, like, you had... Uh, because, as I was saying about the Tuat Tech episodes, you had, like, Chipmunk sounding ones then you had ones going into your left ear and your right ear so then i had to go and edit all of them and uh, i had actually asked i was thinking i was going to do this with a script but then the only way the only way you could get to do this was to um, was to visualize it in audacity and you know kind of guess there's this, the end of the intro and there's the start of an intro and stuff it was just i was weeks weeks literally weeks doing this yeah absolutely but well, me, I was going to say Mikkel, Mike, Michael, uh, is that Insius? I don't know if that is or not. Uh, so. um, says, thank you, Ken. This episode made me smile. That's just a great comment. You can only imagine the amount of work you put into the episode, he says. So, yeah. Thank you for all the work you do for the community. Well, I intend to. Uh, that's very nice. But, uh, and then Epicanus uh, came in with, the, uh, with the, another uh, episode of another comment was it's nice to hear um as he says himself yes he uh he did say that it still takes eight minutes to get through all the people introducing themselves um which is fantastic you know it really does it really does bring it home to you um what we have here it's it's amazing like when you go to at Fostem, you can go up to people and um they were going okay who are ye and how are ye community driven I got this question before people would talk to us. Uh, we are a community podcast network. What does community mean? Well, community means we've had 2,000 episodes and we've had uh, 200 and, uh, 264 contributors. If you want to be 265, you can submit a show tomorrow. <laughs> so it's kind of a good way to keep the door open. Absolutely. And the last, the last comment was from JM, who says, uh, great work. I was giggling when I heard my name go by which is uh, quite a, quite a nice comment too uh, was, it, it, go on sorry, sorry. No, no 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 i was just going to say that that business of sitting there listening with great anticipation for your own name to to come up is you know something i'm sure everybody feels at some point i just thought you put it rather well absolutely yeah and i tried to get the first time people said it so 
that was my you know when i i said my name it was the first time i'd ever done a podcast ever you know this is this is my first show and oh my god what was i doing would people listen to me what's the end of the world so yeah everybody uh, everybody's a little bit nervous i think on their first go so that's pretty cool and what I was terrified was, not that I, for the first time, I think, ever, I was worried that we were going to get new hosts in between uh, the time I finished editing and then uh, got to them because I knew that there was there was going to be episodes, and I was worried that people would have submitted the shows before it went out. But that didn't happen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. As it would have been horrible to, uh, yeah, to have submitted a show prior to episode 1700 and not have your name included. So the following, uh, we had a uh, comment on 1702, which was the uh, one of the FOSTEM episodes regarding uh, my interview with React OS, um, and really enjoyed the uh, his enthusiasm and stuff. Love the project. I love I love this comment actually. The uh, I did like the the guy's um, accent, which and his his. Uh, his enthusiasm as well. So yeah, more interviews with him was the comment. Yeah, absolutely. So the next one is a uh, is a comment from uh, my on Kevy's episode about open source CD rippers, and there was uh, missing K three B from the list. We've already spoken about that. And um, Charles, nice informative about uh, CD rippers, and he enjoyed the intermission music as well as did I. I thought she'd be on another feed. So 1707 was a tour around my desktop and um, Marshall Mellows wrote in to say, great job, great deliberately, adequate sound quality, informative content, good going, Bezra, and looking forward to more. Bezer, I think he meant to say. That's of course. Anyway. That, of course, is why I did this editing, because I do plan to post that WAV file beside everybody's name that anytime somebody's names come up we can hear their their actual name so i won't need to do this anymore the tradition of me butchering people's names will be over yeah ah that sounds like a great project there you go and we had a comment on uh Johan v commented on my episode about uh the gnu windows desktop and he said, uh, thanks for sharing it, that there's an alternative to our desktop because he's getting the cred SSP required by server messages and you don't get them with that. And you're very welcome, sir. Very, very welcome. And Dave, I must say, I really like the ordering of the comments this month. I know we two go on about this so much for the last few months and now people are fed up about it, but it does make it an awful lot easier to work through the comments. I yes, I, I, yes, I think. Uh, well, it was your suggestion to to put them in this order. Um, I simply went with the order that we'd already had elsewhere, uh, but I, I never felt it was right. Um, so I think we got it right now. So the only thing I will maybe do with it, I'm not sure if it will be useful for for people reading this, but it's certainly be useful for us when we're uh, pro, we're doing this or doing the recording, is to make the links. If I can make the links in the comments go to the comments themselves rather than the top of the the episode, what do you think? Sorry, completely missed that. Sorry, you were going to have the 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 links that are in the comment list, right? So HBR one five two two takes you to the the page of the episode on. I thought if I put the the hash comment or whatever it is on the end of that URL, Absolutely. you could drop it down to the comment. 
I was just going to email you about that today, but I felt bad because you had <laughs> you had just uh, updated the other. But yes, that would be actually quite cool. Yeah. Know. Okay. I'll, that, well, well, since I, I suggested it, I'll do it definitely. But if you had the link from the, I think the link to the episode page is pretty cool because then when we're reading it out, you can re get a summary of, especially for the old ones. Uh, you know, if we get a comment on something from two thousand and thirteen, for instance. You have no idea what episode, you know, 0943 was. But if the 123 on the side are actual links to the comment one, you know, comment one, comment two, comment three, that would be good. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I, I get you. Are they addressable, the individual comments? I don't know this, sir, but you will find out, no doubt. Well, uh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I will look into this. And if they're not, then the guy behind the um, the system can maybe make them so. Uh, I don't know. There it's you go. Possible. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tune in next month for Common Systems with Dave and Ken. <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, by the way, folks, this is an open uh, open show. I think we've driven uh, 5150 and a away last. Uh, and it's open to anybody in the community. And it doesn't, we're not married to this time. If there's a group of you, one or two, one, two, whatever, want to do this show Everything that you need is on the show notes page, which is updated before time. So the only thing you need to do is have read the shows, follow the mailing list a little, and uh, you you too can do this show. Unfortunately, it doesn't count for your one show a year. Thanks. Yeah, these these notes are obviously available uh, um, usually quite in advance of the uh, the actual recording. So just because I'm that sort of a geek, I'm afraid. Yeah, this is the type of geek we like. So anything other, otherwise interesting or cool that um, we need to tell the community about? I don't have anything else myself. I just had a... Um, okay, so um, we still need to do some more work on the uh, 50... I just got an email from 5150 about the um, uh, 412 error, so still need to do a little bit more work on that. But... We shall, we shall endeavour to persevere, and I still haven't put the downloads in. That would be a nice addition to the show notes. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Oh no! <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice, Dave, to have the number of downloads from one side to the show notes? All right, with that, I will, uh, I will run before Dave. Uh, Dave kills me in some somewhere or other. All right. <laughs> Tune in Lots tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Radio. Join us now and share the software. I missed You're on your own there, Ken. You're on I your own. Missed an opportunity not singing at that when uh, when RMS went past. Anyways, Dave, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's been, been good. Thanks, Ken. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. 
If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.